0: Listening to Satellite Sisters, thanks for being with us today. It is Tuesday, April 12th. It's the Tuesday Show on Tuesday. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie Dolan is in Brooklyn, New York today. Urban Nana on the move there. We're going to get an Urban Nana report later, aren't we, Joel?
1: Oh, yes, Leanne. I want to fill you in on things here in the big city. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Okay. That sounded cryptic. Also on the show today, we have some Tuesday trends, we have a royalty report, we have answers to the most googled health questions. They're pretty funny, even the questions. I, um, I would I
1: would be interested to know what what is the number one question, Leon. So yeah. I'll be listening. I'll it's be It's not
0: listening. I can tell you this. It's not anything I have ever asked, but um there you go. It's not do I have a brain tumor. It's not that. <laughs> Which I have asked, I right think. Or
1: what is this rash? Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I, I don't understand when people post like photos, like close-ups of unpleasant things on their body on Facebook and then just open it up for comments. What is that? That's not a good idea. All right. We are going to definitely recap Madam Secretary this week, and we are going to discuss the possibility of Outlander recaps. Remember, Julie said she is never watching the show again last year after that really uh, traumatic fin- season finale. Yes,
1: it was traumatic, and but I just... You know, there was a lot of interest at Satellite Sisters, that the f- Facebook group page. We're going to discuss it. Later. We're going discuss, discuss. to discuss
0: to recap or not to recap. But first, um, speaking of Satellite Sisterhood, first we want to remind you of the contest we have going on to win a copy of our book, You're the Best, a celebration of friendship. We want to see your Satellite Sisters celebrations. Whatever you're doing this spring, however you're getting together with your Satellite Sisters and celebrating friendships, we want to see pictures of it. Is it a bridal? Shower? Is it a baby shower? Is it a college reunion? Is it just a girl's night out? Uh, let us know. And you want to hashtag that, Sat Sisters YTB. You can post the photos on either Facebook or or Instagram and tag us at Sat Sisters. So hashtag Sat Sisters YTB and then tag us at Sat Sisters. We would love to see your photos. We're going to pick a winner from both Facebook and uh, and Instagram. Just show us the pictures of your satellite sisters celebrating.
1: Right. These, are, these are random drawings, Lian, right? And that, and also, it's there's nothing that brightens your day than to, like, go to the Facebook page or go to Instagram and see a group of women smiling and laughing. It's great, right? Yeah,
0: men can be included. We're not oh, excluding oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. them. But we just know that you're probably getting together with your Satellite Sisters for some reason this spring, a special Mother's Day brunch at your child's school, something like that. We would love to see your photos. Wasn't it fun to see all the pictures of Liz and, and the Satellite Sisters in Washington, D.C.? This week,
1: yeah, hats off to all the DC satellite sisters. You really did a great job. It looked like a a fun event. It sounded like Liz had a blast.
0: She did. I saw Liz uh, Sunday at the LA Times Festival of Books. We had uh, we shockingly turned up in the same color tomato red, which. First of all, I don't. Oh, that's the only tomato red thing I've owned in a hundred years. Like I don't ever wear. Yeah, tomato that's not red. your color,
1: Liam. What are no. you doing? Well, Usually, I, it was prior raining. to any public event. Don't we have? We have a little. Satellite sister conversation, yeah. like I call Plum or I call Black, you know, uh, and so that rarely happens because we were forced to dress alike for many years as children. And yeah. there you were dressing alike again, Le- Leanne. Well, it was actually raining in
0: Los Angeles, so that is an actual raincoat. That's it wasn't like a fashion statement. It was oh, I don't want to get wet. It was supposed to pour rain that day. It did not, but we had a great turnout at the L.A. Times Festival of Books, Julie. Quite a few mother daughter combinations. That showed up, uh, like Marnie and Rachel. We'd like to thank them. Uh, Sarah could not be there, but she sent her daughter, Eva. Oh, We that's had nice. other mother-daughter combinations. A steady stream of Satellite Sisters throughout the hour there at the LA Times Festival of Books. So thanks to everybody who made the effort. It was fun to be there. It's always an energizing atmosphere. There are lots of great authors and books, and it was at the USC campus. Uh, Both Liz and I took public transportation, so uh, there you go,
1: which... (laughs) I saw that because, of course, I follow you and Liz on Twitter, and yes, that you were taking public transportation, which is not easy in L.A. No, Yeah. It's not like it's not like we lowered ourselves to public transportation. I'm
0: all for public transportation. We just have limited public transpo here in LA. So the fact that we could both get to USC from opposite sides of Los Angeles on public transportation was excellent. Uh, so fantastic. Thanks to all the Satellite Sisters that showed up at the LA Times Festival of Books. We appreciate it. And we appreciate your support of You're the Best. And then, Julie, I spoke Saturday at a wonderful event. It was at a, a church in Rancho Santa Margarita, St. John's Episcopal Church. It was a women's retreat day. I was the uh, the morning speaker, the 9 a.m. speaker. The whole retreat was about friendship. It was about women connecting. The whole idea was spend a day talking about friendship, bring your friend, meet new friends, connect across the aisle, they kept saying, which I guess is a church thing. I thought it was a political thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I said, that's Well, maybe thing. it could work
1: anyway, any which way, Liam. Right? All,
0: all I know is at nine o'clock in the morning at St. John's Episcopal Church, I had a fantastic time. So I'd like to thank Pam, who was there. She's a regular listener of the podcast. It was really nice to meet her uh, and just all the women of, of St. John's. I really, really appreciated it. It was a very energizing event. So um, thank you very much for inviting me and uh and congratulations for getting together and for celebrating friendship new and old people were really they got right into it which I loved you know after I was signing books and then sort of packing up my stuff and they had moved on with their conference and they were all talking amongst themselves and they were using our our book questions as discussion points and things like that it was really fun to see so I appreciated being invited there
1: Well, it sounds like you were very inspired too. You know what?
0: I was, I find these events super energizing. So even though I I was exhausted when I got home, because I had, you know, LA being LA, this is, uh, it could have been an hour trip or a four hour trip. So I left at like 6am from my house. And then, um, I will say that. So there was a McDonald's nearby, and I do enjoy McDonald's lattes,
1: Julie. You you told me that, Leanne. They're you the best. let me in on that secret. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I went there to go over my material and basically kill an hour. They had table service at this McDonald's. <laughs> I ordered a latte, and then they okay, hand me. And
1: is, that is L.A. They, they, it's they Orange have that County. County. So, else. I was like,
0: what? They handed me a number. I was like, do you bring it to the table? They're like, yeah, we bring it to the table. Oh, God bless them. Okay. There you go. Next valet. I'm sure McDonald.
1: <laughs> I'm sure That's they next. will. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have that. Then they'll probably have a VIP room too, man that you can't get into.
0: <laughs> That's true. All right. What's happening there in Brooklyn? Yes. A lot, lot of talk about in, Brooklyn this I week. am here in
1: Brooklyn. I have another Urban Nana assignment. My daughter-in-law is in Bilbao, Spain, Liam. How about that? That's cool. She is curating a show. So if you happen to be going through Bilbao, Spain between now and October, you want to stop in at the museum because she is curating a show called Windows on the City of Paris. Doesn't that sound good, oh Liam? Oh, my gosh. Doesn't Sounds that sound great. good? This is um, a show. It's a collection of the Guggenheim's like finest works from Picasso and Brock. Um, And that's all about Paris. And she's over there. I don't think she's actually like hanging the paintings up, but it's 50 paintings. It's a pretty big show. And she was the curator of it. So she's over there. So I'm I'm here as the backup, helping my son, you know, with uh, Josephine, you know, uh, just uh, just just being a, a little support. So they're a, a little more support on the ground. And how you know, old like, is she now? How old is she? She is she now? 19 months. Oh, that's a cute months. age. She is this morning. I went in there. She was lying in her crib on her back, and she had her two hands up in the air, and she was like, "Hand, hand." <laughs> so she's working on words, Land. And that's her new word of the day. Hand. She got that. And it was very clear. I could hear it. So, she, uh, so you know, you know, I just I pride myself in being a high functioning nana. You know, like I don't, you know, I try to come and be supportive. I don't want to be a bother, as our mother used to say. Right. And yet she always was <laughs> yes. in her quest to never be a bother.
0: She almost she was, always ended up as a bother.
1: Always. Always <laughs> was a bother. So I was sort of channeling our mom because, of course, I was carrying food. I was packing food on the trip upland. You know, a little house gift for my son. I went to this place in McKinney, Texas called Local Yokel. It's farm to table. They have just excellent, high-quality, organic beef. And, and I brought up some steaks. Okay? <laughs> and, of course... Oh my gosh. Frozen steaks. Yeah. In my carry-on bag, you know, wrapped in newspaper. Okay, of course. It looks yeah. like, you know, like, Classy. it looks it looks bad, and And even though I'm a TSA approved, you know, um, a passenger, I got stopped. I got I, I got frisked. Yeah, I got frisked. But when I told him what it was and where it was from, they seemed to understand yeah. why I would be be bringing steak to uh the food capital of the world, New York City. <laughs> Okay. Second thing Leon what our mom used to always say when she come to visit is she she tried not to break anything, right? right. Isn't that the isn't and, that the rule? And
0: she always did. She always <laughs> did.
1: Okay. She, she always did. Okay, so just never ever use the disposal. Okay? I that's that's my rule when I'm traveling, Leon. I don't care if it is a high grade disposal, I just don't touch it, okay? Yeah. I just just stay away from that. I have to be very careful with the washer and dryer. You don't want to break that. You don't want to overuse the dishwasher. Just be very careful. You have a small footprint in the house that makes it go better. But Lynn, you know, I, I've you know, I know how to take the subway. I come with my own Metro card. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. Okay, yeah. so so yesterday morning, because you know, my son wanted to make sure. I, again, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> I guess he has some doubts about my high functioning abilities. So he just wanted me to retrace the steps to the, uh, to the uh, childcare center because they want to keep Josephine in her routine during the week. I can do early pickup, but keep her in the routine. Maybe at the end of the week when the weather's a little better, we may play hooky a couple of days and just hang out. But, um, so I followed him on the subway, and I said, hey, look, I need to put some more money on my subway card. And he said, fine. So he's standing there, and I go over to use the machines, Lan. I don't have to go talk to a human being. I, you know, high-functioning, yeah. high-functioning, yeah. urban nana. So I get there, and, of course, I had planned to use cash to put in the machines. Okay, no cash was being accepted uh, at this station. So I take out a credit card to put um, to put some more money on my metro card and the instruction is to dip your card okay okay Leon, i don't
0: know what this means you're having a hillary but clinton moment there in I, the subway? I, was, I
1: was mocking hillary clinton last week Leon. but it, so i'm not putting running it through the reader this is a this is, at is the a machine. ship that this is a no well i dip i know slide i know swipe <laughs> but dip. <laughs> who dips who dips land I'd I never I seen that, so I'm sort of daintily sticking my credit card in. I'm just dipping it in, you know. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. My son, his eyes are rolling. He's and you know, because there's a slight backup behind me. You know, it is rush hour. <laughs> and what what is a dip? How do you it's dip a dip? A... Who well, dips? I don't know. It's it's a it's a slide. You slide your card in, slide it out. But on the Metro machines in New York, the MetroCard machines, it says to dip. That's the verb. <laughs> that's, in, that's intentional. They,
0: they're that's trying intentional. to mess you up. <laughs> they they want to separate the locals from the yokels uh, okay. and that's I the way to it do to it a
1: sweat. Yeah, it did. It did, Lian. It totally did. Okay, I you know, I then I think it's my credit card, so I have to I'm fumbling. I'm taking out another credit card. The line is getting bigger behind me and, and a, my, my son is not helping me yeah. at all. He's okay. just standing back <laughs> pretending that he does not know this woman who has no idea how to dip her metro, her credit card in the MetroCard machine. So I got it, Lynn. It was probably only a matter of like sixty seconds, right? But of course, it seemed, it seemed like an eternity. I so know. Um,
0: I know, but you did it, okay? I did, it, I got, I got. You put like a on. hundred bucks on, even though so you never had to do <laughs> it again.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I really. I need to write to someone to find out how they decided on the word "dip." Why that was better than slide or swipe? I, I've never. I've never seen that land. So uh, I, I, I'm i sure I'll, I can complain to someone about that.
0: Yeah, uh, I, am, I am finding the transition to the chip card. Like I'm trying to stay on top of it, but yes. then you're sliding and it's being rejected and you're like, oh, then you're, oh gosh, I guess we didn't pay the bill. What happened this month? <laughs> and then it's just a, it's a, it's a chip versus slide situation, not a, you haven't paid the bill, but right. Yeah. It's, it's this transition is slow, but the dip, I am going mean, this is not, this
1: is not about the chip. This yeah. is just a regular. It's just that someone thought that that would be a cooler word. That, yeah. that would make more sense to, I guess, to a certain, <laughs> to no uh, one <laughs> to a population, <laughs> to, to them. So, but so other than that, Leon, we, we have been doing fine. We have, we are, we're off to a good, a good start. We're just, you know, Josephine and I, we're, we have a lot of fun together. Um, you know, she enjoys just all the things that I enjoy, and I enjoy all the things that she enjoys. So uh, that's <laughs> as, yeah. as simple as that. And, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I mean, people cannot, they cannot be nicer when you have a baby in a stroller and you're trying to get on the, you know, subway. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they think I look incompetent. I'm not <laughs> sure, but they're super nicely and people help me with the doors. They give me seats, you know, you know, with just, they just could not be nicer. And, you know, uh, New Yorkers are very nice and they're, they're willing to help everyone. If they would just change that word on the MetroCard machine. <laughs> okay. Uh Yeah. Maybe you should
0: get yourself one of those British nanny uniforms. That would really, that would, <laughs> people would, really garner respect for you probably get some good job offers i would imagine if you dressed in a real one of those unattractive british nanny uniforms
1: <laughs> get some of those shoes school mom shoes yeah. Yeah, maybe a little hat or something. A brown dress <laughs> all right uh well speaking of british nanny lee and I, I i don't know if you're catching any of will and kate's uh trip to India and, and Bhutan. Have you have you seen any of this? You know what?
0: I have not because I've been working on that other International Women of Courage thing. So I'm glad I'm glad you're here to bring me this because I've just okay. been seeing hints of it, but not nothing right.
1: major. Well, and as you know, again, the, we haven't done too many royalty reports right. lately. But, and again, to, to restate the obvious, that royalty is ridiculous. Yes. But I was thinking how tricky it must be to be royalty and to visit your former colony, yeah. okay, which is now the world's largest democracy. You know, it's a little tricky. You've got to really be be careful, you know, and uh, sort of strike the right tone, you know, because that... Cause that It's the world's largest democracy?
0: India. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not
1: Bhutan. Okay. That's what I,
0: okay. I thought you had said Bhutan.
1: No, India. 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 The second part is Bhutan. Okay. Bhutan is the happiest uh, country in the world. Okay. You know, that they have their happiness index there and they just work on being happy in that country that's uh, that's uh, some place that I aspire to go going go to at some point, but uh, I haven't been there yet, but anyway, so you know they're there, the stuffy royals and other things, but you know, Kate, you know, I never really consider Kate a royal because she is a commoner, you know and right. that uh, and she is just just doing a bang up job again. Uh, probably the picture that says it all to me was she is there playing with some uh, with street children in New Delhi. And she is wearing the cutest little dress and wedge shoes. And she's playing cricket, Leanne. Oh, I see her now. I've asked her back. There she is, swinging the bat, that she manages to do it right. Like she is having a good time. She's being fun. In another picture, she's wearing a $71 maxi dress and she's on the floor coloring. Again, with homeless children in New Delhi, so yes, she gets all dressed up and pop in pomp and circumstance, but I think that she has been able uh, to to sort of rise above that stuffy royal family that she 's associated with so okay. these I, are some right. good photos at people dot com i 'm enjoying them so yes. <laughs> I'm catching up now yes, so and she you know she just doesn 't seem to make i, I don 't think she 's making a mistake. And, uh, and I just, again, hats off to the commoner, just keep up the good work. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, I, it brightened my day to see her playing cricket. Look, she looks like she has a pretty good swing. I mean, I think her batting stance was fine and, and that's not easy to do in wedge shoes. (laughs) It's not, it's not,
0: it's not easy. Okay. Are you there? Yes, I am. all right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Julie, I will uh, now how long are they there? Are they there a couple more days? This is like
1: a big long trip. It's okay. like eleven days so. in India and then they're and then they're going to Bhutan.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I have some health news for you, Julie. The most commonly Googled health searches, according okay. to uh, according to O Magazine and Dr. Uh-huh. Oz. So they asked the analysts at Google to share, you know, what do people search for? And <laughs> it's the number one, according, according to this O Magazine article is, is there a way to stop snoring?
1: <laughs> really? Yes. I think yes. if you live with someone who snores... That is torture, Leanne. It's yeah. torture because you don't sleep. Yeah. you don't sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah. It must, uh, it, it it must really be bad. Like, I mean, I get occasional snoring, which I just combat with the old punch in the shoulder. You know, <laughs> hey, get it. A- <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that is that's uh, sensitive, Leanne,
0: but effective. <laughs> effective. What are you gonna do? It's the middle of the night. I don't. Whispering your snoring is not helpful. As no, I it does.
1: You just have to, you really do have to, but, and it's chronic too. I mean, that it's, it's usually chronic. Uh, a lot of people are in denial about how much they snore, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, um, and that's, that's a problem too. So it's kind of a, a tricky thing. So I can see that you would seek outside advice maybe get some solutions that you can pre, pre, you know, present to your sleep mate there um, to, to figure it out. Right.
0: Experts say, you would have to quote experts. So ex- yeah. according, according to the actual advice, you should try sleeping on your side or your stomach because those yeah. positions may reduce snoring and avoiding alcohol. Liquor can relax throat muscles, making it more difficult to get air through. Uh, of course, if it's really heavy and you're gasping or pausing, you might have apnea. So you want to get that checked out, (laughs) but here's the reality check. According to Dr. Oz, uh, you may have read that throat sprays prevent snoring. Okay. Uh This is probably something they're trying to sell you. Once you Google that, it is not true. Snoring that arises in the throat happens because the muscles are too relaxed. There's no reason lubricating or numbing your throat would have any effect. Okay. So don't fall for it.
1: What about those Breathe Right strips? It doesn't mention mention that. It doesn't mention those because I, because I, I think that that's, they, they make that claim that it helps people who snore, but I don't know if that really does. I'll Mm -hmm. have to Google it. Google it. Google it. I'll have to Google it. I'm kind of, well, I I know it's a chronic problem, but I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know what I would think is the number one health concern of most people, but uh, that's that's an interesting Is coffee bad for you? There's
0: another one that people uh, Google, and apparently just the opposite. It's been linked to lower risk of cancer, Parkinson's, liver disease, and heart disease. Uh, in fact, a recent study in the Journal of Epidemiology found that people who drank coffee had a lower risk of death over the course of 11 years compared I mean, to those.
1: I mean, who's Googling that? I don't even understand why that's a question. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I felt like I, we had put that to bed quite a while ago. I, I mean, Have some co- coffee. I mean, yeah, but like... Like, yeah, just have some coffee. Or if you don't want coffee, don't drink it. Why are you Googling it? Like, is that is that, uh, you know, people who have never had coffee before? I don't that, know. Well,
0: you know. I think people's definition of coffee is very broad now. When you see them going into Starbucks and they're ordering a milkshake, yeah, that's bad for you. Don't uh, Coffee doesn't include whipped cream and hazelnut. Uh, <laughs> it's a pity.
1: It's a pity it doesn't. Liam, but it doesn't. Really. That's pretty tasty. That's a milkshake. <laughs> okay. But I, I just can't like I well like I can't even understand who is the person that's Googling is coffee bad? No, because food? I'm
0: sure there are a lot of, you know, that th- I'm sure there's a lot of bogus diets that say, oh,
1: don't, you know, give up coffee, all these oh. cleanses
0: and stuff like oh, that. All right. All yeah.
1: right. Okay. That, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Number four is how can I get rid of love handles? Which I, I don't, have I mean, do you ever used the term love handles in an actual conversation?
1: Um, muffin. No, top. but again, this is, you know, you are you, this, you're in the privacy of your own home or in your own phone. <laughs> Right. or in your own mind and you're concerned about your body image and and maybe you're concerned about your uh, love handles and that seems like it might be an issue for both men and women lean so that might boost the popularity of that particular question all right well
0: here's here's the truth about it that an amped up workout can help your love handles according to a review in the journal of obesity Women who did high-intensity interval workouts burned more of the subcutaneous belly fat that causes love handles than women who exercise at a longer, lower intensity and steady pace. So basically what I do, not good for love handles. (laughs) Right.
1: Like if you're just walking around. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Swimming, walking, doing the Uh yoga, not good. Uh, It is a myth though, and Dr. Oz repeats, I repeat a myth, that juice cleanses can whittle your waist for good. Exercise and eating nutrition foods for reasonable portions will shrink love handles long-term. But, like, going on a juice cleanse doesn't do anything.
1: Right. That's and then- good news. That's good news, Leanne, because I, I have not been tempted to ever go on a juice cleanse. <laughs> and now this just reinforces right. my position. I'm going to be- stick to drinking coffee. That's it.
0: God. Okay. And then finally, what's the secret to banishing cellulite? I can see women Googling cellulite. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. If you're here, it is cellulite occurs when fat pushes against the connective tissues, making the skin above it pucker. Okay, all
1: of that is disgusting. <laughs> I, you really did not need to read the definition of that, Liam. That is. Disgusting. I think we're all familiar with what that what what's going on with cellulite. But go go ahead. Okay.
0: So if you're considering liposuction, don't. It can't break up the connective tissues that cause dimples. Okay. The best thing you can do are exercises, cardio plus resistance training, and eat high fiber foods while avoiding processed sugar and fat. Uh, But here is one reality check. Heard the one about coffee grounds treating cellulite? Don't believe it. No scientific studies have shown it works. You know, rubbing coffee grounds into your hips and stuff. Have you heard that one?
1: Well, I haven't heard of it, Lynn, but I've seen it. Like at the Russian, when I lived in Moscow, Russia, and we would go to the banyas, I would see, I would see Russian women with, uh, in the locker room at the banyas. Oh, really? Giant cans of coffee grounds, and they were rubbing them all over their body. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was just an exfoliant, but it, uh, uh, but maybe it's, uh, it, they thought it was for cellulite too. I think that's a Russian Russian thing. Okay. Yeah. They would come to the banyas with cans of coffee grounds and then just rub it all over themselves. And there is a lot of good people watching in banyas, land.
0: Okay. And just so you know, this is just one fun fact to know. Those online symptom trackers, the ones at WebMD or the Mayo yeah. Clinic, yeah. provided the correct diagnosis first in a list of possible outcomes only 34% of the time. <laughs> So oh. if you one and three chances, two and three chance of being completely wrong. Like, you know, what you have is a cold and what you think you have is the Marburg virus based on <laughs> Madam Secretary this week. So, there you go. Some health myths, some reality checks, uh reality That's checks. Very so good go.
1: reporting, Linda. Thank and you. That, that was that uh, you know, that is you know, because I think it, I I think most people are now seeking a lot of medical advice from you know from yeah, yeah. The, they're firing up the Google and, and that's how and, uh, and apps
0: and things like that as yeah. well that's a yeah. whole other yeah. thing. Mm.
1: Well, Leon, it's Tuesday, and I have some Tuesday trends for you because that's what I do. Um, and the first one is uh, is one. Uh, uh, are you familiar with dog, that dog shaming website? Have yes. you, ever, you ever go there? It's yes. adorable. It's, it's adorable. If you haven't been there, dogshaming.com, you know, this is they take pictures <laughs> of dogs yeah. that have done something bad, you know, yeah. cause dogs occasionally do, do, do some bad things, you know, whether they've chewed up a couch or, and there's some kind of sign and the dog always looks totally forlorn and you know, it's, it, it it provides a moment of brightness in my daily. I, I don't go I don't go there all the time, but I love dogs and I find that amusing. Well, here's a trend, and I, I wanted to get your opinion about this, and this is parent shaming, where parents are taking to social media to kind of shame their child. Maybe not directly, but you know, they're posting pictures of their kids doing sort of cute, adorable, funny embarrassing things. Uh, You know, this is, you know, the two little kids that have covered that have painted each other with colors, or it's the little boy that put the dinosaur tail on the wrong way, or it's the child that got stuck in the couch. And all you see is a picture of a child with his head coming out of the couch. But these have been viewed like 48,000 times or, you know, a hundred thousand times. And, Uh, So these are super funny pictures that would be very funny at someone's rehearsal dinner or (laughs) high school graduation, you know, when they do senior night or something like that. But what's your take on whether or not we should post these cute, funny, embarrassing pictures of children on social media sites? I think you just
0: have to be very, very cautious of what images you share. Yeah. Because the problem is now we see this tremendous backlash. You, you think it could be a cute, funny photo, but then the whole internet could turn around and start hating on you or hating on your child. So yeah. I think you just have to be very, very cautious of that right. kind of stuff. Really think two, three, four long, hard thoughts about whether you want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I just think in general, no matter what you're posting, you should you know think really long and hard about posting photos of your kids.
1: Right. That's what I think. I I, I would say, too, like, it seems it seems adorable when you when you think, well, I'm the only one looking at this picture. But then you realize that there are thousands and thousands of people, you know, strangers looking at this picture of your child. I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with that at all. So, no, uh, but I I see how it's, you know, because. People do like to share parenting things. It's good to share parenting things. And now we have these mecha- this large mechanism to share in a much broader way, which is very different than if you're sitting around in a mother's group and you're telling a funny, embarrassing story about yourself or your child, right. it seems to me. I you know? just think
0: you have to be very cautious because you can't, yeah. once the picture is posted, you can't control the reaction. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's, that's all. So yeah. yeah. And they are just kids.
1: Yes. Yes. I think that's true. All right. So that's the first one. Here's the second one, Leanne. I don't know if you think this is good news or bad news, but I'm calling it, uh, I I read a recent article. Um, I'm calling it a gray quake, Leanne, or sort of a silver, what is this called? (laughs) Oh <laughs> well, wait a minute! Where's my notes? Here? It's oh, it's a silver rush, Leon. A silver that oh. older consumers, baby boomers, are going to reshape the business landscape, Leon. You know, you know, most c- companies are marketing to millennials or uh, or the group even below millennials. Okay, that companies don't want to market to older people, but people over sixty, Leon, they spend for they last year they spent. $4 trillion. And in some ways, older people are one of the few economic engines of growth for our economy. Okay. Do you realize this? I didn't uh, realize the, that. Yeah. Older. I big. mean, there are a lot of you. So yes, there, are. Just yes, there, there, are, there are a there's a
0: big number of you. So that's why, you know, the, but okay. I know you like this.
1: Here's the other part, because it's also while much of the advertising is directed to a much younger audience and many of the products and product features are targeting a younger audience. um, The problem is the younger people have sort of they have some problems because they they have the burden of student debt. And then they are still, you know, really impacted, much more impacted, much more greatly than baby boomers by the uh, by the recession. Right. So so they don't have. So even if they enjoy the advertising and want to buy the products, they may have less disposable income, while the older consumers may have more um, at more disposable income. But it's hard to define old people because a lot of older. Well, there's the young old then there's the old and there's the old old, you right. know, there's really three classes of older people and many older people don't want to be associated with old products <laughs> that that when, when consumers are trying, when consumer, you know, product companies are trying to make products for older people uh, that people don't want those, you know, cause that's for old people and I'm not an old person. So But I think what this what this article in The Economist said that we really, you know, we are the group and that even though you might hate baby boomers, okay, we really have changed everything that we've touched since our teenage (laughs) years. You know, when you think about it, I mean, we've we've left behind a trail of inventions and we've been involved in pop culture. We've created the two career families. And so now we're going to take on retirement and that you better pay attention to us because there are a lot of us. (laughs) and uh and you better get it right that's what i think so what do you think about that liam i i think you
0: also enjoy taking every chance you get to pat yourselves on the back and... yes
1: we do yes we do okay.
0: liam. so you you have all the money and now you're going to have all the stuff that's super <laughs> I'm so happy for you.
1: You are? Okay. Yeah. Super well, happy we just for don't you. count us out. I think the point of the article was don't count us out, that we can be, we can once again, we can help with this economic recovery, Leanne. So see us, oh, as, okay. as, see us as angels of mercy. Yes. That's what I want you to think. Yes. Of. I see. Like, well,
0: I can see that you see yourselves as that. And that's super. <laughs> that's
1: great. Okay, Leanne. And now I want to end on a much uh, lighter note. And that is something that... Um, that caught me, caught my eye. I read about um, at the Houston international airport, they um, they have now enlisted therapy dogs to work in the airport. And these are dogs um, through, you know, that are all highly trained. They're highly trained therapy dogs. They are going to be wearing blue bandanas and they are going to be with their handlers that are wearing orange vests. And they're going to be just walking around the terminals And uh, to help stressed out passengers. Oh, Uh, I actually think this is a pretty good idea because there are so many dogs
0: now in the airport that are bomb dogs that you cannot pet. They have big signs on their back that say, do not pet me, you know, so so it's nice to have a counterpoint to that dogs you can pet. I think that's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it is nice that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm very pro dog. I'm very uh, pro uh, volunteer, you know, these volunteer dog teams. And these are all volunteers yeah. that are going to be doing this. So that's that's pretty great. Um, but I don't think it gets at the underlying issue, which is the stress <laughs> in the airport. For example, on flight 1080 uh, from uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport uh, to LaGuardia on Sunday, (laughs) the amount of stress that I was feeling because apparently the gate agent thought that my carry-on bag was too big to put on. Oh, wow. And she forced me to check it, Leanne, where I really felt she was just picking on me. (laughs) Now, maybe a therapy dog in a little blue bandana, which sounds really cute, would have helped me in that Mm. situation. Yeah. But I was about ready to blow my top. But, of course, you don't blow your top, you know, because they're doing their job. Yep. I know yep. people bring too much luggage onto the planes. I understand it. But that was not my situation. But she just felt like uh, I could, <laughs> she could take advantage of me. And I'm she saying, knows who you, she is. You think like that was... You know who I'm talking about. Flight 1080 on Sunday. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Wow. <laughs> Okay. I think
0: you needed both a dog and a drink, it sounds like, <laughs> when you got on the plane. Okay.
1: Yeah, if you could bring the dogs on the plane, then you'd be talking. Actually, there was a cat behind me. On oh, the there
0: plane. was a cat on oh my plane. Oh, my it gosh. That cried was, the whole time. Crying the whole oh.
1: time. Crying. I mean, that cat did not want to be on the plane.
0: No. I don't. So cat people will have to explain why you would yeah. travel with the cat. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless you were actually moving from coast to coast, I, I don't understand why you would travel with the cat.
1: Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I, yeah gonna I, be, I, that's going to be tricky with the therapy dogs right. and the cats, the cats in the airports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept turning
0: behind me, going, "That is the weirdest sounding baby cry," and then yeah. I realized it was a cat. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from the cat lovers on why you would travel with the cat. To, to be fair, I don't really understand why you would travel with the small dog either, like all the time. and I, I don't understand all the dogs and cats on planes now. I don't, I don't get that. But all right. all righty, All right, Julie, we, we have to move on to Madam Secretary here in a second. But first, we do have to talk about Outlander. So last year, we did the recap. It is a time traveling series. <laughs> of a world war two nurse that suddenly finds herself in uh, 18th century Scotland. Uh, and it, We were, Julie was completely on board. She was cautiously on board and then totally on board and then completely off board after the season finale, which was a very rough, emotional draining event. And so season two picked up this week and there was spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to want to listen to this because I don't want to give it away. Um, But there was quite a dramatic turn of events in the season premiere.
1: Julie, now you watched it. Yes, I did. I it was through the encouragement of the Satellite Sisters at the Facebook group um, that you know that said uh, they. In, in fact, a number of people offered to pre-watch the whole series <laughs> for me, Leanne, and let me know what was that, which I thought was great. I thought yeah. that was really good. Yeah. And they told me not to watch any of the recaps from season one, which I didn't them. do. Yeah, I didn't do that, Leanne. So I just watched it as is. Okay, which. Which was fine, Leanne. I, I it was fine. I was. Uh, I didn't know where it was going, and it went places. In yeah. This episode in this episode really went some places. Um, but it seemed it seemed fine. That's what I would say. So, um, so, so what are, do you think?
0: You can, no, well, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I yes. enjoyed. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was a big surprise, it's slightly different than the book, that they open up the second season where she's time traveled back. Just uh, to post World War Two Europe, which was fantastic, and yeah. then we spent a long time getting to know Frank again, which is actually hard to watch because we know him as Blackjack. I know. It's the same actor. I, it's I was having
1: a few flashbacks there. I was like, oh, yeah. please, oh please, yeah, yeah." But yeah. So, he, that was an outstanding performance, Lee, and so I, you know, it's really. You know, it's it's very well acted. So, and I'm I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. But I'm nervous. I don't trust the show because they, they've
0: because <laughs> they've lured you in before. So yeah, they even have... the moment when they go back to Jamie and he removes his shirt and he's in spectacular shape, even though he's been in a prison. <laughs> right. I mean, I started to cheer, but I don't know how you felt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's worth it, Lynn. I, I think it's worth it to right. take the risk, uh, to uh, to plunge in uh, uh, without Lander.
0: Okay. So we don't have a review of the season premiere, but we'll discuss next week. We'll figure out a schedule. As long as we wanted to make sure Julie had a high level of comfort with it. Yes. And it yes, is yes, hard yes. to do the two shows, the two recaps simultaneously. And we are committed to Madam Secretary, but it's wrapping up its season fairly shortly here. So... All right. So that sounds cautiously optimistic if you're waiting for uh, outlander recaps, but we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with uh, season two, episode 19. Madam Secretary recap. uh, Desperate, desperate remedies. Desperate remedies. That's what it was called. It was an excellent episode. (laughs) Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Looking for more great podcasts like Satellite Sisters that satisfy your need for great conversation and great listening? Well, then look no further than Wine at Nine hosted and created by my friend, Dr. Nancy Burke. That's W-H-I-N-E at the number nine. Nancy does a little what she calls showbiz analysis. She's a great interviewer, a clinical psychologist, and a humorist. So you're going to love the conversation she has with fascinating people like Buzz Aldrin talking about space, or how about Roy Blount Jr. talking about his new book. Love the show Empire? Recently, she talked to music producer J.R. Rodham about writing and producing for that show. Check out Wine at Nine because she's my friend, Dr. Nancy Burke, and we Satellite Sisters stick together. You can find Nancy's show at wineatnine.com or at iTunes. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm joined by my sister, Julie Dolan, who is uh, in Brooklyn, New York, this week. All right, Julie, Madam Secretary back in action. We did miss a week last week, but we're just plunging forward with season two, episode 19, desperate remedies, all right? It was a very desperate this is situation. This was one of my
1: favorite episodes, without a doubt, Land. Oh. I, was, I really liked this episode.
0: Okay, good. All right. I have broken it down into pros and cons. Because, okay. Like- because ultimately, yeah, we were, you know, she had to, there was a lot of talk of choices made, quote, for the greater good this week. Uh, there were a lot of tough choices, a lot of pros and cons to every decision that Bess made, that Henry made, that Blake had to make, uh, so- <laughs> There were pros and cons to various outfits she wore. And we're going to cover it all on this week's Madam Secretary recap. All right, Julie. First pro. Saves a 100-plus Nigerian schoolgirls from Boko Haram. Khan has to save terrorist leader to do so. All right.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, but isn't that, that was such a real-world dilemma. I like that. I like that, Liam. I like that again. The topic, the subject area, was ripped from the headlines. I thought, you know, it was very dramatic. The opening scene and how they they set up this set up this situation. So I, I thought that was excellent, Liam. That's right. We get the notion
0: that uh, there's a there's a diplomat there. He's negotiating with this terrorist leader from Boko Haram to release these hundred Nigerian schoolgirls. He offers this guy a deal. The guy does not take the deal. But oops, as it turns out, when the diplomat gets back to the United States, Chris, the diplomat, uh, he's contracted this horrible virus like Ebola, but it's called the Marburg virus. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's deadly and it could sweep across the whole nation as we find out from that awesome interactive map that um, Olivet shows up with. Remember Olivet from, yes. <laughs> from Law and Order?
1: Yes, Liam. now shes that's a good catch, yes, <laughs> thank you. It was one of those maps which starts with these circles that get larger and pulsate, and you know it's just never good when you see a map of the world that then starts to pulsate with large red circles, right,
0: yes. So you think it's a show about rescuing the schoolgirls, but it ends up being a show about a, a deadly virus. But, of course, at the end, Madam Secretary brings those two things together. So that that was the setup. All right, here's the next pro. The CDC finds an antidote slash cure for Marburg virus. But the con is apparently they only have two doses of it in the world. And, yeah. and Jay... You know policy wonk jay who 's been exposed to this diplomat he 's not going to get a dose
1: no so. and certainly not in that hospital gown leon i i found it i found it just uh, alarming or uh, or disconcerting to watch the scenes with Jay just in that looked like a real hospital gown leon like, kind of thin. There was like nothing underneath that you know and I'm, uh, fortunately in one scene because he's he 's been exposed so he 's in a quarantine. He's standing behind the bed, I was like, Good, stay behind the bed. Don't move, you know. There is just you,
0: you look so vulnerable in those hospital gowns. Yeah. And if you've ever worn them, you know you are like, you spend your whole life shrouded and spanked up and like having the proper underwear. And the next thing you know, you're in this gown that is like nothing. You might as well be wearing toilet paper. Yeah, and,
1: and Jay's pale to begin with, yeah. and so it was doing nothing for his skin tone. <laughs>
0: So so the CDC is going to try this experimental drug on Diplomat Chris, whose condition is worsening. But we discover that they only have two doses. And so who a couple of doses, they don't have enough to treat a large-scale virus. So that who who is going to get the doses becomes an issue uh, at, deeper into the show. All right, here's the pro. We're introduced to a kind of hot, hot Diplomat Chris, who's willing to put his life on the line for his country. The con is that he's married, Julie. I mean, I know yes. he's a fictional character. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> he was great, Lee. And and I hope that and I hope that there are real Chris's out there sort of working behind the scenes to make things happen, to make the world a safer place. He was a great character. You know, he goes, uh, well, I don't want to give away the story, but he, he commits it all to help in this situation.
0: Yes. So, yeah. And I hope we see more of Chris. Again, I like seeing these diplomats out in the field that they're doing this sort of, you know. <laughs> Like these kind of diplomatic missions, which yeah. I'm not really sure happen in the world of diplomacy. But no, I think so... the CIA
1: does it. But, yes. but, but nonetheless, it was good.
0: <laughs> I know when they called him a diplomat, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, I assumed he was a CIA agent. But no, they said he was a diplomat. And he's one of the best. And Madam Secretary wants to make sure he's okay. And even though she's got a lot on her plate, she keeps checking in with Chris. And she goes to the hospital and she wants to make sure Chris is okay. And I wanted to make sure Chris was okay. <laughs> okay, Leah. All right. Here's the pro. Russell, Chief of Staff Russell, relies on Beths to come up with, quote, a better idea. The con is that President Dalton appears to be completely out of ideas when he suggests (laughs) that the 82nd Airborne is the best option to stop the deadly virus. Like, he spent like five minutes on this issue, Julie, and then it was like, send in the Airborne. I did not understand that. Well, he is
1: Commander-in-Chief, Liam. (laughs) I mean, if you have the 82nd Airborne at your disposal... You might as well use them from time to time. Yeah. But you know, it does. I thought this was a great episode because it was centered on Bess and her problem solving skills. And she put the thinking cap on, Lee. And I, you know, she always. She always comes up with some angle, some idea to work the problem and to make it, to make it a success. So uh, I was happy with that.
0: All right, and in this in this case, she uh, she did have to sort of make the decision. Uh, she made the decision. Chris recovers, diplomat Chris recovers with the one dose of the drug, and she's she's figured out because she's best and she's smart and she's mm, thinking about it all the time. She's got her thinking cap on that the Boko Haram leader, probably also has this deadly virus because he came in contact with Chris. So there are two things she's trying to work out. She's trying to save like the entire continent of Africa and the rest of the world from dying from this virus. And she's also trying to get those schoolgirls back. So they can't get the, you know, people in to help with the virus. They can't get the healthcare workers, the aid workers in to help with this virus without the, you know, protection of the Boko Haram. So that's tricky. That's a diplomatic you know kerfuffle there, and uh, she also wants to get the schoolgirls back, so she takes the one extra dose of the antidote, and she's going to offer it to the Boko Haram leader.
1: Right, but but Leon, there's a twist. Yes, and this is where her negotiating skills are so key that she decides she's going to give half a dose to the Boko Haram <laughs> that leader good. first. So he sets up the security so that there's so that the healthcare workers, the aid workers can come in because early in the show episode we see how one of the Boko Haram terrorists blows up an aid, you know, an aid tent. So that was bad. So but she says she won't give him the second dose until they have enough stability uh, and security in the country. Um, so I thought that was a good twist. Again, she's always using that thinking cap. Right. But she has to have a lengthy scene with Jay in the hospital gown about, <laughs> I hey,
0: I'm I'm sorry you could possibly get this disease, but I have to now give the only other dose of this antidote to the world's worst guy. I hope you're okay with that. And Jay was not okay. No. And, he, and you know he's, he's not okay because he called her Elizabeth. <laughs> I right. know that
1: was really disrespectful. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: but he
0: was mad. He's like, I don't understand why this guy would get it. What if I get the symptoms? I have a husband. I have a wife and kids. Why don't I get it? Why does this guy get it? Like, these are the choices that they have to make at the State Department every day. These kind of deals with the devil uh, and these desperate remedies. That's why the, the episode was called that. But uh, so Jay is not happy. But then later he apologizes to Madam Secretary for calling her Elizabeth. <laughs> So, right.
1: I know, but even the ambassador to Cameroon, uh, same thing. He just cannot understand why why Bess is going to you know give this one dose to the you know the truly bad guy to a you know a, a murderer when as he's when the as as the ambassador said that there are saints on the ground trying to save people every day and none of them are going to get it. So it was a pretty powerful idea. Like if you
0: really looked at it, you're like, yeah, these are the decisions they have to make every day. And there are bargains that you probably couldn't explain uh, in, to the New York Times. But this is what they have to do. So and I know it's ridiculous and it's not real life, but it was a good episode. So the so Chris, Diplomat Chris, makes an, a shocking recovery. <laughs> I mean, because he's, you know, because he's that kind of guy. And Chris is back in action like 12 hours after nearly dying. He is back on the plane. He offers like half the antidote to the Boko Haram guy. You know, not only does he secure uh, healthcare workers and aid workers to go into these places that need it, he also gets the 106 Nigerian squirrel girls out of the country. That's part of the deal. So- was it worth it? Was it really worth it for the greater good? Those are the questions this episode made us ask. But that was a nice scene when the girls return home and they're being, you know, hugged by their parents and stuff by like that. And that's like a made for TV moment. So you can go, oh, I guess it was, but it did make you think sort of deeply about the choices that are made. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, okay. Here's another pro working from home. The con with the rest of your staff in the TV room. Now, once <laughs> once the Marburg virus hits the State Department, it's quarantined. They have to evacuate the building, and so for some reason they all go to Bess's house. I thought.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, like, I mean, don't, they don't have any other office buildings in Washington. I, mean, they, I don't know. Could have gone. They don't have an em- empty like airplane hangar, but apparently not. Leon. Or an so embassy that. suites like yeah. a conference room. I but everybody seemed to
0: just be enjoying being at the ambassador's house. That was that was good. It was just really crazy. Uh, oh, there there she is! At first, I did, it was like, what is happening? Now they're all working at
1: Bess's house. Everybody in and, the State Department. And didn't you love that? You know, they asked what the Wi-Fi password yeah. at the house was, and it was Professor Whiskers. You know, <laughs> very professional. Also made me think of real world
0: situations like is it secure to use the wi-fi at the secretary of state's home oh let's
1: not get stuck uh, on not that so sure am
0: not so sure uh all right meanwhile at the white house uh henry and his team are working away on the the world's most wanted man and securing access to him this this terrorist and uh securing access to him through his wife so the pro is that Henry saves the third wife of the world's most wanted man with an audacious plan. The mm-hmm. con is that this team remains in a windowless room in the West Wing, where there is an attempt at kind of a flirty joke with Jane that I thought was a total fail.
1: <laughs> I did too, Liam. I, I don't like the bickering going on. No. But she was talking about some old buddy, and they're like old boyfriend. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, like Henry, stop that. I know they're all grown what's, people in there. What is just, what's up with that? I we, I didn't care for that. I guess. Yeah. I guess they were trying to show that they're they're able to, you know, make some jokes. but again, it's it's the low tech room that they're trying to solve the world's biggest problem and they're passing around photographs, Leon. okay <laughs> <laughs> just they have no linked computer screens. no, it's like old projectors, paper files, you know, big, big old clocks on the wall. I mean, come on. And there is the third member
0: of their team. Uh, and he's going to blow. Don't you think he's yeah. so, there's Henry, there's Jane and there's a the third member of the team who's a hothead and has, you know, uh, had had some issues with Henry, had some issues with everyone on the team. And he had a couple of snappy, like he almost snapped this week, a couple of retorts to Russell. And I don't know. I don't trust that guy. I think he's going to blow there in the West Wing. So, but they did manage to get the, you know, their contact out, the potential third wife. She's going to be an in to getting the world's worst terrorist. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. Now, we had some satellite sisters say they were not crazy about Henry now taking this job. And I have to say, like in the week prior, I don't like seeing Bess and Henry discuss stuff at the White House. I must prefer seeing them discuss stuff in the bedroom. Don't
1: mm-hmm. you? I do too, Liam. Yeah. You want you want to see her in more of those fabulous at-home lounge yeah. cashmere outfits and just Henry in the t-shirt in bed. Please, okay?
0: <laughs> this is a good point, Julie. It's really a wardrobe issue rather than <laughs> right, right. Just Okay, excellent. All right. So, uh, meanwhile, on the home front, we got the pro that Stevie is still with the English guy, Jareth, that, Julie, you really like a lot. I uh, do. You
1: know, I, I fall for those British accents, leigh So, uh, yeah, I think Jareth is, is, seems pretty solid,
0: don't you think? The con is that Bess goes out and buys him a very expensive pair of boots. I mean, <laughs> the poor guy is wearing sneakers in the winter and she's concerned. And then the next thing, you know, it just escalates to where she's buying him boots. And Blake is guessing his size, which is like impossible to do with men's feet. I don't,
1: but I don't Blake know. can do it all. And he manages to do it. He gets the right size, Leon. I mean, he's rolling his eyes. He, you know, that's what I like about Blake. He's totally committed to his job. He's doing whatever Madam secretary wants. He's not voicing his opinion. But I'm sure he doesn't think it's a good idea that Madam Sec- Secretary is buying boots for Stevie's boyfriend. And I have to agree. I think it crossed the line. I think it, I think it was a totally over the line, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... She is
0: only in college. It's not like this is someone who's been in the family for a long time, but the truth comes out. She admits to Stevie that no, I really never liked any of your boyfriends, <laughs> including the heroin addicted son of the president, not a right. big fan of him. Right. So, and Stevie is shocked and uh, this boots, they're just trying to curry favor with him because they don't want him to leave. And uh, so that, that was a funny moment when Stevie realizes that her mother has never liked any of her boyfriends. That was, that was good. So we understand I understand that,
1: that mother daughter, conversation. It made me wish I, you know, had, you know, had a daughter like that. I have my wonderful daughter-in-laws that I have conversations similar, but you know, I mean, I, I like that conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know we have sons, Julie and I both have sons, so we don't have that same
1: conversation. We don't have that, but I can imagine that's nice. (laughs)
0: And and we have been warned. I mean, the girlfriends come and go, so don't just remain neutral and on the sidelines, but not best. She's diving right in. She's a problem solver. He only has sneakers for some reason because the rest of his wardrobe is fantastic. So it is hard to believe that Jareth, someone named Jareth with a British accent, wouldn't Ooh, own...
1: obviously has spent time in Great Britain where yes. it's cold <laughs> and you're going to be cold in the sneakers there. And they were spanking white sneakers too, right? I know. Did you notice that? Yeah.
0: I, I still don't trust Jareth.
1: Oh, okay, Leanne. But... I just
0: don't. I feel, I feel like-, like I feel like this is going to come back to haunt Bess and Henry. The fact that they love him so much. And, oh, there's Henry trying to teach him how to throw a, a football. You know, that's, this is all going to come back to haunt him. Something okay. is a, Jareth is some sort of double, triple secret agent. Something, okay. he's going to okay. steal something from her computer. Now Ooh, that every, now okay. that everybody knows the password. <laughs> yes, be... we do.
1: Professor Whiskers.
0: <laughs> just put it in. It he seems Like, maybe they could get a better password if you're the Secretary of State. Okay. I don't know. I don't trust that. And then finally, Julie, in our binders full of glasses category, the pro, that cape slash poncho that she wore to the office, that was fantastic.
1: Two exclamation points. That's what I put in my notes (laughs) next to the cape, Leanne. And then the con was the sawed-off suit jacket.
0: I mean, it was, like, designed by Bill Belichick. What is happening? <laughs> I know she wears that I, look a lot, but it was I particularly liked it. prominent. You I liked, liked it.
1: it. I liked the orange blouse underneath. I thought the bright color was good. I liked the pearls with the tassel necklace. I, I, I did liked, like that. I did like that. I did that. like that. Because underneath that cape was a schoolboy uniform, Leanne. It was a blue blazer, white shirt, and, t- and gray pants. You know? I, I thought that was, she could do better than that. OK, well, on our Facebook page on Satellite Sisters, there's a
0: lot of disturbed people by the uh, by the sawed by, off. by the sawed off suit jacket. They yeah. just people were they said they were uncomfortable watching it because it looks so uncomfortable <laughs> and that they hope this doesn't start a trend amongst, you know, modern American diplomats that they're just yeah. going to have three quarter sleeve jackets. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to start a trend because
1: you don't because because you
0: hated it so much no i just my arms are not long enough to pull that off you know but okay, if on okay. me it would just look like what that would just be all wrong it would just you have
1: this beautiful blouse why stick it under a blazer why not have show more of the blouse i, I was i was totally fine with it
0: okay all right so split decision there on yeah. the sawed off suit jacket yeah. all right Julie. we are winding down uh the season looks like uh, the stakes are going to heat up next week let's let's owe president dalton has some better ideas than send in the 82nd Airborne.
1: Well, I'm not worried, Leanne, because I know that Bess always has her thinking cap on and she will save the day excellent all right I, you know
0: what um, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here but Julie you know what I'm gonna do we have a lot of people that listen to this recap just to listen to the recap we're the satellite sisters we do all sorts of other shows but one of the reasons we didn't do last week's show was I was actually at the State Department for the last couple of weeks I've been working with the State Department on uh, a program called the international women of Courage. so if you're just listening to the recap I'm gonna we're gonna sign off but then stay stay tuned I'm going to add uh, a little few parts of the International Women of Courage coverage. I did. Just in case you're interested on what it's like at the actual State Department. I happen to have been there last week and then this week we had uh, 11 of the International Women of Courage here in Los Angeles. So I thought I'd just add some highlights onto the end of our actual Madam Secretary recap. What do you think? Okay, Leanne, a bonus
1: episode. Way to go.
0: Yeah, just in case people are wondering what it's like at the actual State Department. You know, I was in the Martha Washington Ladies' Lounge and uh, I just think people will want to know that. So. Okay. I did not see Ta Leone and sadly I did not see him Tim Daly anywhere in Washington. Did you see
1: DC? any sawed off jackets? That's gonna be the big question. No. But don't tell me, Leanne. Just put okay. It in the report.
0: <laughs> okay, Julie.
1: All right. All right, everyone.
0: We're the satellite sisters. Julie, have a great week there in Brooklyn. I will, Leanne. You have a good week too. Thanks. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.